Good morning, everybody. Oh, hello. We're here. <coughs> Coughs and all. Yeah. Morning stuff. Always. Always. Every day. Uh, welcome to our Bible study. We are in the book of Colossians this morning. If you guys would like to follow along with us, please <clears throat> please grab your word and um, open it up there. We're going to be uh, in chapter one this morning. Um, it is uh, day two of spring. <laughs> Let's hope it holds this time. Last time it did this, it then snowed at the end of the three days yeah, of sunshine. So <laughs> whatever. Um, so yeah, we have a nice sunny day. Or starting out as a nice sunny day mm -hmm. outside. Yesterday was beautiful. I wore shorts most of the day, and um, no, I didn't doing. wear shorts most of the day because I was busy out doing stuff, and I was actually yeah, yeah, you you were you wore, you wore jeans because you went to a meeting, so that yeah, I got yeah. Uh, the privilege to hang out with Jim Moore, uh, awesome man of God, for a couple of hours yesterday, and then uh, we had um, stuff going on, and then we got to meet with um, um, some of our fellow business owners in our community uh with points for profit um a um i don't it's a company it's a private company but i don't know what they call it hmm guess we should get that word I have to, yeah laura lee if you come on this morning um you can <laughs> fill in she'll probably come on tonight in. she sometimes comes on in the morning sometimes at night anyway um <coughs> So yeah, that was it. Was a really good day yesterday, and really enjoyed ourselves, and and um, got to hang out with a bunch of amazing people, and enjoy um, uh, dinner, and seeing an old buddy, and just just a very very full day. So yeah. Anyway, um, was I going to say? I was going to say something. Anyway, if you uh, if you come on this morning, if you're watching, uh, just pop in and say hello because. Um, Facebook doesn't always notify us who's there, and we always like to say hi to yeah. people. So, so now it's telling us there's two or yeah, maybe one, one watching, two people watching, but it's not telling us who you are or even showing you a thumbnail of their picture, which sometimes yeah. we can identify, but not it's always. So they're so um, it's so random. It's why AI, you know, there's a lot of a lot of um, noise going around now about AIs and stuff, which which is. Um, um, Alien intelligence or something like that. Um, <laughs> advanced intelligence artificial. and artificial that too. <clears throat> I should know. I'm a, a big fan of science fiction. Hmm. But anyway, um, um, so yeah, it'll never last. When we become dependent upon AI, we're going to die. What if they have that in a spelling bank? A spelling bank? B. B. Spelling B. AI? Mm -hmm. <laughs> He's not going to even answer that one. <laughs> and little Johnny, your word is AI. Uh, that's like, can you spell USB? Mm, um. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, so, um, bop, bop, boo, bop. So, yeah, yesterday was a beautiful day, and we're hoping. Today remains just starting out all blue and beautiful out there, and we love blue and warmth and all that kind of stuff, and mm -hmm. pretty awesome, which is good because I got a lot of work to get done outside today. Okay, so, yeah, there was something, but I don't remember what it was. Anyway, today's 
today's Bible study tip. Tip of the day. Tip of the day. Tip, 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 tip. Um, when you can, study with others. Now, there's there's always a moment, times when we need to be, you know, alone with God and listen to him. Studying with others, <laughs> like we're doing right now, uh, studying with others brings out uh, other ideals, uh, other minds to, uh, and, and other hearts to hear the Holy Spirit. So it's a great way to gain insight uh, that may not be obvious to you when you're doing your study and uh, just adds to it. And of course, you know, uh, studying together brings people together. So mm -hmm. study the word with others when you can. And when you feel led to study maybe a personal study, do that alone. So that's 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 it. That's all we got. Um today's people group, it's today's Wednesday, so our people group is actually businesses. So when we go into prayer uh close to the end of our Bible study, we will uh, be praying over businesses. If you have a business or know of a business that um needs prayer. You know, put that in your prayer. So be specific with your prayer. Mm -hmm. Uh grab some, you know, pick some some local um small businesses, especially big businesses too, because they employ people. So there's nothing mm -hmm. wrong with that. Mm -hmm. But uh pray over them. Pray over their the, the blessings in their finances and sales. Um one thing you never want to do, never ever pray Failure or condemnation hmm. over anybody. Oh my goodness, no. People do that. Mm -hmm. you know, oh Lord, take them out. <laughs> no. That's a that's reaching beyond your authority. Yeah. God we we ask for God to always bless. There it, it is God's desire that everybody know him. Literally everybody. I don't care how evil or horrible they are. It is his desire that they would know him. And if we we speak condemnation and um, um, failure and that kind of stuff in their lives, mm -hmm. that won't do it. There's no room for anything in our lives but love. And when we step outside of that, we're not in the Holy Spirit. Yeah. All that kind of stuff, that's God's call. We don't need to pull him into it. All right. <coughs> so this morning we are in Colossians chapter 1. Um, we have been talking about a lot of things. And one of the things that, that has been key to what we have been uh, reading here is a kind of a, a repeating of some of the things that he said in the book of Ephesians. Of course, he, Paul, uh, the apostle, the one who wrote this um, this book, he has a tendency to do that when God gives him something important to speak. Many times it goes out in several different letters and several to several different places. Hey, I know Nancy. <laughs> and um, um, and he does that. And of course, one of the one of the key elements of Ephesians chapter one uh, is the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of God. And that that's a it's a huge, huge, huge move uh, in your life when you shift gears to seek. The spirit of wisdom and revelation, you will be finding yourself getting stuff that you've never gotten before. Truth. That's yeah. part of understanding that. Mm -hmm. So uh, the cool thing is, is that it's important enough that Paul repeats himself. And he talks about the same thing here 
in um, in the first part of chapter one of Colossians. So as he's writing a set, another a different letter to a different group of Christians, he he continues that same theme, even going so far as to say, "This is what I'm praying for for you." So it's something we can pray for each other. Mm-hmm as well as for ourselves. And it's through the spirit of wisdom and revelation and understanding that we will hear the things that God loves to show us in Scripture. And it really is important. Many times we struggle with our understanding of Scripture because we're waiting for somebody else to tell us about it and explain it to us. And there's nothing wrong with that. But there is a <clears throat> there is a reality where we have to learn God is desiring to teach us directly. He's desiring that his Holy Spirit speak straight to us instead of to us through someone else. Nothing wrong with that. Again, it's just like, yeah, that's great. But there's, a, there's a, a sweet spot in our hearts that when we start to hear directly from God, uh, it excites us. It, it uh, increases our hunger causes us to desire more of God, and more of God is never a bad thing. It's always a wonderful thing, and it has many, many, many amazing ramifications, one of them being that it teaches us to walk a more holy life. Now, we're not, we don't live in our righteousness because we don't have enough righteousness of our, of our own mm-hmm. uh, to ever add up or qualify. We are under the righteousness of Christ. However, we're not meant to leave it there we're meant to grow closer to him and therefore our lives begin to change we don't achieve perfection but it is a goal of ours is to be better to be a better person doesn't matter what the world says it matters what god says Mm -hmm. um i saw a quote yesterday which was quite disturbing but i saw a quote yesterday by from somebody um on I don't know if it was the view or one of those in the view is <laughs> yeah. a hotbed of satanic yeah. presence on television. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, the quote was from one of their people, and I don't know who she is and don't care. But she said that she she could not see the difference between Christianity and the Taliban. Oh. <clears throat> So when you see things like that and you hear things like this, understand, understand that what the world, how the world sees Christianity, uh, is becoming more and more twisted. Mm-hmm. Uh, not necessarily because Christianity <coughs> is screwing up, although there are a lot of things we need to improve on. Yeah. But because the world is fighting against it and the world is not listening to God, at least not the God that we listen to. The world is listening to the God of this world, which is the devil. Okay. So his influence doesn't mean she's demon possessed, but it means that she might be. Uh, <laughs> anyway, it doesn't mean that. It means only that she's listening to, um, the, the things that the, the devil's put in place to try and uh, pull the kingdom of God down. Mm. Anyway. Uh, let's see, I got a little, little off track there. So understanding, understanding that the circumstances such as that kind of thing, um, and, uh, the truth that is coming from scripture, when that begins to impact us personally, that changes us into, uh, someone more like Christ, which is, which is what we're, what our goal is, yeah. is to be more like Christ. Yeah. So Paul talks about that as we're opening up here. Uh, he talks about this. 
And uh, the cool thing is, is Paul doesn't leave it just right there. He starts to talk about the ramifications or the results of having that in our lives. And uh, and we're gonna just I mean, we're gonna continue that because there's there's more to it. But just to give you that real quick, Paul loves lists. Lists lists help us grow. I like lists. I like lists. Everybody likes to list because it's it's easy to say, okay, I need to do this, I need to do this, I need to do this. You know, we do it for house cleaning, we do it for our groceries. jobs, we do it for groceries, yeah. all those Even kinds of life things. goals. I mean, yeah, everywhere. Yeah, uh, it's true. Mm-hmm. We were talking, Nancy and I were talking yesterday about one of our son-in-laws and how he, as a young man, had laid out his life mm-hmm. and uh, um, had this list of things that he wanted to do with his life. And it's a, it's a great way to set ourselves up uh, in advance to do that. This is what we want to do. When when we're preparing for the sh- for shows, quite often when we prepare for a gift show, is we will list out the things that we need to get done and prepared in that process. You know, we need to have... Um, the different things going on. What are yeah. you looking at? No, I'm just going to oh. comment on that because every time we do make that list for mm-hmm. going to a show, we said we should make a permanent list that we just go to. We don't make the list. Yeah, yeah. We should just have it already made. I, I, <laughs> I have something on my computer that's supposed to be that. It's never gotten Because we need the same things every time we go to a show. Yeah, there are certain <laughs> things that always, always come up. So. so Paul has this list, and he does this throughout all of his writings. He'll put a list out of, of things pertaining to whatever topic he is uh, teaching on at that moment. For instance, this one here, he's talking about, uh, if you go back to verse 9, well, let's just read verse 9. For this reason, we also, since the day we heard it, uh, do not cease to pray for you and ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. And that's the reference that jumps back to Ephesians 1 where it calls, but Ephesians 1 is the spirit of wisdom and revelation. So revelation and understanding are are virtually interchangeable. Uh, Verse 10, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, list number, uh, list item number one, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might, according to his glorious power, for all patience and longsuffering, with joy. So this list is, is these are the results of having that, what she talked about in verse one, uh, in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. That's, 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 that's his desire. That's what he's praying for. So in that understanding, we realize that we need that spiritual wisdom and understanding. And so do those around us. So not only do we pray for it in ourselves, but we pray for it in others. We cannot be, um, one of the basic um, understandings of being an EMT, I was the EMT for a few years uh, some time back. One of the basic understandings is if you're incapable, if you're not fully healthy, you are no good to your patient. And it's very important that we understand, um, and it's been a struggle in my life, and it's one reason why I know this to be the truth, is that if I'm not healthy, I'm not going to do you any good. That's why we pray for his presence in our lives. We sometimes forget to do that. I'm, I am, I am, um, um, the guy that does that. I forget sometimes that I need to pray for Matt because Matt's healthiness improves Nancy's healthiness, improves those who I'm teaching. 
their healthiness. Mm-hmm. Because I have the, 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 as I'm healthy spiritually, uh, then I can teach, uh, healthy ways to others. Mm-hmm. But if I'm struggling, if I'm a mess, or I'm not getting that spiritual download, then that makes me useless to anybody else. Yeah. yeah. So it is important that we both pray for ourselves. Yeah. And that's a well good, good thing to say because I think people can think, well, Praying for myself is like selfish or, you know, puts me ahead of, of others. But you're one of God's children, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is important because we, we, we literally, we can't help somebody if we... Um, I was just reading a while ago in Romans. <clears throat> uh, it's an interesting statement that Paul makes uh, in Romans and that he desires to teach according to what has been revealed to him not teach according to what he knows to be truth alone. So um, this is um, this is called um, experiential teaching versus uh, theorized teaching. Um, and, and there's probably more Experience overhead knowledge. Yeah, experience. And Bill Johnson teaches about this too. Experience overhead knowledge. And, and what that basically means is is that if the Lord's revealing something to you, it's 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 not always to teach, but sometimes it's to walk into and understand and experience before you teach it. And that's why you have books and um, teachings across the planet that are still impacting people from people who are out in the trenches or who are... Uh, personally experiencing these kinds of revivals from the heart. It's hard to teach revival if you haven't been in revival. You can do it because we know the parameters of revival, mm-hmm. what happens in them, and so on. But if you personally aren't dealing with it, yeah, it's really hard to teach it. Now, yeah. of course, revival comes in many different formats. So I can teach revival because I know there's revival in my heart. I'm, ex- I'm burping coffee burps. Um, I'm experiencing revival in me. My church, I believe, the church that we go to is in revival. But it, but but then, of course, there's all kinds of definitions of revival. But to teach revival many times requires that person to have experienced or have revival in their life. Mm-hmm. Well, that's just one of many, 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 many topics. Um, it's impossible to teach the Word of God if you never read it. Just because you know it's the Word of God. You know, I can teach John 3.16 till the cows come home mm-hmm. because I know it backwards and forwards. But if I pick a random passage of scripture and say, I'm going to teach on this today, and it's like not anything that I understand because I haven't experienced it before, then it becomes a little bit different. Of course, now, the funny thing is, is we usually teach entirely by the, uh, through the Holy Spirit. Yes, we don't study ahead for this particular one. But if I'm going to write a book, I'm going to know the passage of scripture. It's, 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 it's the same with anything in life. I can't teach baseball if I don't know how to play baseball. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't teach a person to drive if I don't know how to drive. And so we have to be really careful. This is what the spirit of wisdom and understanding and revelation is all about is being able to be drawn into that. The Holy Spirit <coughs> revealing himself in ways that are, that profoundly change us personally before we try to teach it to somebody else. Um, okay, I think I got so far off on that other passage, I lost where I was at here. <laughs> okay, so we've gone through this list, and 
Paul carries carries on from there with uh, a few more things. Now, the interesting part, uh, one of the things that you can follow along with uh, with Paul, if you're ever curious as to, as to whether or not uh, the, how that list is structured or, or all that he is saying, follow along how the paragraph and the sentences are structured would find out, okay, well, that's not the end of the sentence because the next word is not capitalized or there's no period there's or whatever comma. it is, a comma mm-hmm. or a semicolon or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. It tells us that 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 they're still related to what he's saying. Mm-hmm. And that's that's simple uh, um, uh, sentence and paragraph structure. Yeah. And we do a New King James Version, and that stays pretty much along with our basic American uh, way of uh, structuring sentences and paragraphs. And that helps us to understand that it's grouping and it's not a whole new subject. Now, in some of the uh, different translations, especially the paraphrases, sometimes we'll break it up more to get to emphasize the, what's being said. Uh, but as we see here in verse 11, which is where we filled off, finished off with last time, uh, with the uh, uh, topic of patience and long-suffering with joy, we have a semicolon. So verse 12 is a continued part of that paragraph, and that's where we're going to pick up. Now that I've said all that, <laughs> pray over the word and get forward. Thank you, Lord Jesus. For your goodness, Father, thank you for the book that you've given us that's changing our lives and has set forth to uh, to help us to know you better. Holy Spirit, we invite you to teach us and guide us this morning and have your way as we study the word. Thank you, Father. Bless those who are with us this morning, Lord Jesus. I pray that their ears are open to hear what you have to say. Amen. Amen. Okay, so let's pick up at verse 12 giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of his love, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. All right, verse 12. Um, now, actually, let me let me back up here um, to the beginning of verse 10 because of the, of the list. That you may be, because this is, this, again, this is, good morning, Hendrix. Hi, Bless you, sir. Um, this is the continuation of what, what he, what Paul was talking about, uh, with the results, um, from, uh, um, from having wisdom and spiritual understanding. That you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to His glorious power, for all patience, long suffering, and long suffering with joy. Verse 12, giving thanks to the Father, who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. Okay, I want to actually, I want to focus on the last part of that verse, the saints in the light. Um, saints do not make us blameless. Jesus makes us blameless. Saints just refers to those who have chosen to follow the path uh, that is Jesus Christ. Okay, so... Um, we make the word saints into a lot more than it really is. It's just referring to the church. But that word does mean those without blame, those who have made their lives um, to be covered under the righteousness of Christ. Or as it says, in the light. Okay, in the light, we were just talking about... um, about the blue sky and what a beautiful day it is and so on. In the light, it's important for us to understand that saints in the light 
Um, let me see how that is worded um, in the King James. Okay. Uh, boy, it's exactly the same. Yes, yeah, sometimes they are. Exactly. <coughs> let's, see Excuse what, me. let's see. Let's do the passion and get somebody upset at us. Mm -hmm. um, okay. I'm going to read this one. This is now, as, as I said, um, there are there are translations and then there are paraphrases. Now, let me define the difference there, just so you know. Real quick, translation is usually uh, a passage, or I mean, a, a a version of scripture that is translated directly from the original manuscripts. Okay, uh, that we you know the Hebrew and the Aramaic and the uh, um, the Greek. Now, there are, are a number of different ways to do that. And there are tons, the NIV, the New King James Version, uh, the New American Standard, the Amplified. They're all basically almost identical in their origins. And then we have paraphrases, which paraphrases take into consideration more than just the original manuscripts. They take into consideration modern tongue, modern understanding, and uh, as well. The paraphrase basically puts it into the words of an individual. So uh, examples of paraphrases. You have the New Living Translation. You have the Message. You have the Passion and others. And they're essentially what they are is they're a book written by somebody whose desire was to express what the Word of God said to them. They're not a direct translation of Scripture. Now, before you say, well, we shouldn't be having anything to do with that, Understand, understand, every time a man or woman steps to the pulpit, they give you their paraphrase of what is, what is impressed upon them by the word. Even if they just read it from King James or wherever. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And Romans, uh, Paul even quotes scripture, and this is probably one of many passages where he quotes scripture, and he paraphrases the scripture, and yet it's considered a direct quote. Until you look at that, he'll he'll quote an Old Testament uh, um, verse in his writings of the New Testament, a canonized, in other words, accepted portion of scripture. Mm -hmm. But even in the Old King James, he does not quote it verbatim. Mm -hmm. But what he does is he speaks it in order to teach a lesson. The words are not exact, but the message is the same. And this is where we get hung up and concerned about translations is we're more concerned about... Good morning, Laura. Hi, Laura. Bless you, girl. We're more concerned about um, a word being used or, or not being used than we are about the message from God. And this is where we get ourselves into trouble because our focus on what God is saying becomes lesser to our focus on how he says it. And this is, you know, when I hear the Holy Spirit speaking to me, I never hear him say, thou should just do us this. Is. <laughs> right. Because he doesn't speak <laughs> in old English. He speaks in a way that I will understand. Yeah. And this is what the attempt of these different versions are. So I'm, that, that's just kind of a, a bit of a preamble to what I'm trying to, because uh, I'm going I'm to read this passage from the Passion Translation. 
And I don't want you to get too upset about it being a pack because I know that's a, a concern because let's face it, we're in a world where the, the, the enemy is trying to twist everything. So it's understandable to be concerned. I'm not saying that's not the case. But it's important for us to understand that if I'm reading from a Passion Translation, I'm reading from um, a book that is not Scripture, but is more of a paraphrase of Scripture. Like a commentary, like anybody else, mm -hmm. there is a reality mm -hmm. where we're trying to get the Word of God out there. And if we, if we get too bent out of shape about how it's said, instead of how it impacts people, we're going to miss the boat. Because we're, we're worried about the wrong things. Granted, we should be careful. But at the same time, let's not get so careful that we lose place in teaching the Word of God. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Verse 12. Now, as I said, in some of the translations and paraphrases, they, they change the sentence and paragraph structure because it's, because it comes out better for us to understand. So. Verse 12 starts a new passage and, or excuse me, a new paragraph and a new sentence. He says, your hearts can soar with joyful gratitude when you think of how God made you worthy to receive the glorious inheritance freely given to us by living in the light. Now, in the uh, just to jump back into the New King James, it says, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. Mm -hmm. Living in the light, here's, here's the difference, okay? If you're in an enclosed room, and the lights are off, there's no windows, you see nothing. And if you walk through that room in that condition, there's a good chance you're going to trip over something, fall over something, Run break your leg, wall. whatever it is. Yeah. Okay. However, turn the light on and everything is exposed. The ideal of a saint being living in the light is that we begin to see things more clear in the world and the things inside of us become exposed. Okay? So, if you've ever heard a testimony of somebody who was a drug addict or a criminal or just generally a not a nice person, and they got saved, and their life changed, they got clean from drugs, they uh, stopped becoming a criminal, uh, they, they become a nice person, they just... And the reason is, is because the light of Christ mm -hmm. exposed the things inside of them that caused them to be an ugly person. That's, that's what that means. A saint living in the light is somebody who has seen the structures around them, the life, the things, the garbage, the good, the bad, the ugly. Okay, that was the Clint Eastwood. <laughs> The whatever. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's in that that we are changed. The exposure of God's light in our life shows us how to be. It's not condemnation. It's not anger. God is not mad at people. Oh, my goodness. We need to realize he's not mad at people. You know, in Romans, it talks about the wrath of God being poured out on sin. Yeah. Not the, he's, not the he's, people. He's, he's, sin, he's angry yeah. with the devil. He's yeah. angry with the with the, the sin that the devil has led us into. He's not angry at me. He loves me. He's patient with me. Good goodness sakes, yes. 
Because somebody needs to be patient with this old boy because he gets himself in so much trouble. Well, back to the living in the light to where it exposes things. Do you suppose that's where we got the light bulb when an idea comes up or we, we suddenly get it and it's the light clarity. bulb over the head? You know, It is. It's clarity. Yeah. And that was um, that came up. Where did that come up? That... Um, Somewhere that came up here recently, the ideal of clarity, and yeah, that's what yeah, it is. Yeah, just just huh, dawned yeah, on me. The light comes as, on, you know, in over our head in mm -hmm. the cartoons. Mm -hmm. It's a, um, uh, it is. It's probably exactly where that comes from. Is the light comes on, we see things suddenly. Because yeah. that's yeah. with me. I'm I'm the guy that will sit in in and um, focus on how to solve something. It is. Um, uh, and you can ask Nancy. There's been times when she looked <laughs> she's looked at me like, mm -hmm. "Are you okay?" I'm just thinking, just thinking. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and many times in that process, there's a clarity that comes through. That's like, "Poof, bam!" Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah, I know how to do that. Light bulb. I know how to fix that. <laughs> so yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. And in many times in our lives, that's exactly what we're dealing with as Christians. Is the boom? Oh, I can't do that anymore. Not because God's saying, you stupid kid, what's wrong with you? But because his goodness. So um, when we live in the righteousness of Christ and not in our own, because we don't have any and we can't build any, we can't save it up, we can't create it, we can't design it, we can't go buy it. No, righteousness only comes from Christ. We, our righteousness, as, as I think it's Isaiah calls it, or Jeremiah, one of them calls it, it's like filthy rags. And when you look into the translation of that term, mm -hmm. it's pretty gross. Mm -hmm. So whatever we do that's right is never going to be enough. This is why we have to be careful when we become uh, workaholics in the kingdom, always doing, you know, we're involved in everything, helping out, because we, we, we get to a place where we identify with our activity, and that's what makes us Christians. And that's hogwash. Yeah. It's not what makes us Christians. What makes us Christians is the righteousness of Christ. When we take on, and in the, the translation in that reference, when we're taking on the righteousness of Christ, um, is like a, is, is in reference to the, the terminology of take, putting the glove on. When we put the glove, of the Holy Spirit on our lives. So we get the righteousness. We take on the righteousness of Christ. That's when you look at your hand in a glove, what do you see? The glove. You see the glove. And that's what changes our lives to become righteous is the glove or the covering of Jesus by his righteousness. And that's the righteousness that God looks at. It is nothing we can achieve. But in that process, we start to see that's the light that becomes exposed to our inner being. We start to see how to change things that we need to do. We don't do it out of guilt. When we change and do uh, improve our lives from guilt, that change or that problem, that issue will remain always in arm's reach. Yeah. Because that's what we are accustomed to it being identified as. When our identity becomes the, the righteousness of Christ, that's when genuine change begins to take place out of desire 
and our love for Christ, not our need to change. That's guilt, mm -hmm. and that's torment, and that's what it means when perfect. When we talk about uh, in First John, perfect love casting out fear. When we see the genuine perfect love of Christ, which is our righteousness. And I know this is. I'm going to. I'm going to tie this up. Trust me. Um, when we see the, the, the righteousness of Christ in our lives, we start to recognize the love of God that is perfect. So perfect love is essentially love that has no motivation, period. See, God has always loved us. God loved us before we were born, before we understand existence. He loved us mm -hmm. from the beginning, before the beginning of time. Mm -hmm. God's love for us was genuine. So we love a person... Because, I mean, it, it, there could be all kinds of reasons why we are attracted to a person and we start to love them maybe for who they are. But that first initial response might be how they look, the things that they can do, their abilities, or whatever it is. God never had any of those kind of motivations ever. So that's what perfect love is. Mm -hmm. In perfect love, there is no fear. When we have, no longer have fear, in other words, we're like, okay, we're always afraid. Okay, is God going to stop loving me? I did this, and I shouldn't have done that. And so now I'm risking God stopping loving me. See, that that there's no need for that kind of fear because the love of God never changes. It, as John says twice, God is love, which is a whole other subject. Mm -hmm. So our righteousness is based upon the righteousness of Christ and and the perfect love of God. Those two things teach us what it means to live in the light. Not, okay, my things are exposed, so I've got to fix them. But the revelation that that is not part of our relationship with God. For instance, somebody who drinks a lot, okay, and I'm not, Pointing fingers because it's just it's just a reference point. Is it a sin to drink alcohol? Well, no, of course not. The Bible's very clear. All likelihood, Jesus drank wine, and of course, in that day and age, the the alcohol content was virtually uncontrollable. So it could have been very heavy. The point is 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 drinking a sin? No. Is drinking to excess a sin? Many times the scriptures teaches us that yes, that is a case. That drinking to excess is sinful. There's a whole list of reasons why. But my point is, when you come to the light, when you accept Christ into your life and his righteousness covers you, there are things in our lives that become less than profitable. Paul says it like this. Uh, I think he said it twice, in fact, two different places. Everything is legal for me. I can do anything I want to, okay? But not everything is profitable to me. So my relationship with God says, I can do anything I want to, but my relationship with God also says, some of those things will destroy our relationship. So if a man starts sleeping around with women all the time, and he's a Christian, what he's doing is, yeah, sure, go ahead. God has given him permission to do it, not condoning it, 
but we are free will agents, so we have, we can choose. Okay, sleeping around with 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 women on a regular basis is a sinful act. Paul is saying, yeah, I can do that, but that will damage my relationship with God, and my relationship with God is far more important than what my fleshly desires are. So the ideal here is to understand that when we become saints in the light or learn to live in the light, there are things in our lives that are exposed. I would dare say that sometimes the light is a little dim for some people. And what I mean by that is sometimes it takes longer for people to grow out of things or recognize things are, are not good for them. They're not profitable, as Paul puts it. So, uh, for instance, and I'm just, again, just... Just, just for the sake of the, of the of the explanation here, watching television and watching certain things on television are um, acceptable for some Christians and not acceptable for other Christians. Which one is more mature? Depends on what the what it is they're watching on TV. Maturity is something that will always, always beckon, always be knocking at our door, but it's our choice to open the door and grow or to leave the door closed and ignore it and remain. You know, you can be a, um, a Christian for 30 years and have a spiritual growth of two-year-old. Or you can be a, a Christian for two years and have a spiritual growth of a 30-year-old. Mm -hmm. It's what we're willing to let change in us, desire change in us. Many, 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 many things are exposed in the light of Christ that we ignore. But Christ... God is patient, and he's not unaware, but he's patient. So, um, we'll probably just come right back to that verse next time we're in Colossians. But there's a, there is a reality that we're called to live in the light. There's, there's a lot of things in my life, and I use myself as an example a lot because I don't, I don't like to point fingers because I have, you know, dad used to say when you're pointing your finger like this, you got three of them pointing back at you, so. Um, there's a reality where I have a lot of things in my life that are exposed in the light that I haven't dealt with yet, or I'm dealing with slowly, or I'm trying to get, you know, eating my food, my health, and all those kinds of things. They're struggles for me. But I'm just, I'm just saying that to, so that you understand, I'm not trying to point fingers at anybody. Because there is a reality where we work out our salvation, our own salvation with fear and trembling. I can lead you to Jesus. What's the old saying? You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. Mm -hmm. I can lead you to Jesus, but that's all I can do. Yeah. I can't get you to know him. I can't get you to grow in him. All I can do is teach and do what Christ is leading me to do. But I have things that I have to deal with, too, in my own life. So it's not like I'm saying that everybody I got it figured out and nobody else does. So are you bumping my knee for a reason? Yeah, just support. Oh, support. Okay. Anyway, so um, so we learn to live in the light. And it's a daily, ongoing process. The rewards, you know, a lot of, when you say daily, sometimes you say, you need to read the word every day. It's like, oh, I don't want to, I don't, you know, it just seems like so much I got to put on my shoulders and blah, blah, blah. Desire is the foundation yeah. to a solid walk with Christ and understanding scripture and understanding him. It's desire. And if your desire is waning, 
What's a better word than waning? Lacking. Slow. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, lacking. Not where you know it should be. Yeah. That, that's effort. Okay, I had a conversation with, with my buddy Jim yesterday. Jim, Jim Moore is just an amazing man of God and um, was such a privilege to have lunch with him yesterday and <clears throat> chat about different things. We all have... We all have things in our life that we're trying to get through. Here's what here's what God does, and I don't know why He does it, but it, but it's not my it's not me to question Him. It is me to 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 have faith in Him, not blind faith. I don't agree that blind faith um, is what the walk of Christ is. However, I do agree that sometimes we have to walk in blind faith, but I don't believe that's the the whole of our position as Christians. When I um, was in my mid-twenties, I smoked about a pack of cigarettes a day, pack, pack, pack and a half. And I knew that I needed, you know, as a Christian, I need, I needed to get rid of those. But I didn't know how to go about doing it. And um, I um, it was on my daughter's first birthday, um, I had a conversation with God and I gave him my cigarettes. I said, I need to be free of these. So, uh, a few days went by and, um, um, I was been without cigarettes probably for about three days and I, I was having a particularly difficult day and yeah, it was pretty ugly and very stressful. And I thought to myself, this is no time to be quitting smoking. I, they, they help me deal with stress. I mean, if, if there's two things, uh, well, I, there's many things, but habits help us deal with with stress many times, whether it's food or cigarettes or, or whatever. <coughs> or coffee. So anyway, um, I was uh, delivering lumber. I was a truck driver and I was delivering lumber and I'd had a very, very long day delivering multiple deliveries to different places in the Bay Area around San Francisco. And uh I got back to um to the um to the sawmill um late late in the day uh to get reloaded. And I stopped the four driver and borrowed a cigarette from him. And I took a drag off the cigarette, took a, a puff off the cigarette, and it made me sick as a dog. Now, I had been, many times I'd quit smoking. You know, I think anybody who smokes cigarettes for any period of time has quit. Who knows how many times. So, um, your first cigarette after you've quit for a while will make you pretty dizzy. I didn't get dizzy. I got sick. I mean, sick, like I had never been before. And I just, I had, I had to lean up against my truck. And I remember I almost fell over. And I took another drag off a cigarette. And it was just, it was too much. I threw him down and never touched him again. So God healed my habit of cigarettes overnight, instantaneously. I was healed. Now, there's been a number of other not so positive habits in my life that I've had to work at. Uh, prayer after prayer after prayer. And no no miraculous moment. And I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm leading up to something here. 
we often, you know, and this was the conversation that I had with Jim yesterday. We often have things in our life that God heals and things that he doesn't heal. And I'm not going to attempt to, to give you the theology behind it. There's just a reality that he knows better. And this is when we start to walk in faith. And we may ask God, hey, you know, Sister Nancy deals with fibromyalgia. We have been praying for a healing of her fibromyalgia for five years. And nothing less. It hasn't, it hasn't decreased at all. In fact, it's probably increased. For those of you who don't know what fibromyalgia is, it has to do with the nerve endings and it terrorizes Nancy sometimes, which is pain all over her body. It makes it hard for her to walk, it makes it hard for her to get around, it makes it hard for her to sleep, everything. We're praying, we continue to pray for healing. Can God heal? Oh, I have no doubt of that. Mm -hmm. I've had multiple instantaneous healings in my own life. And this shoulder completely healed instantly. So there's 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 an understanding that there are things that happen in our lives that God does not take care of. And I'm not going to begin to try to tell you why. Because we don't understand that. But many things that we have in our lives are within our power to do something about. And he is apparently guiding us into growth and maturity through that work. And that's the best word to describe some of our habits and some of our problems. We have to work. We have to fight and say, I am not going to let this control my life, even if it hurts, even if it takes causes pain, even if it takes hours of suffering and difficulty and fighting and refusing to fall. Um, I don't know who first postulated the ease and wonder and beauty of the Christian life. But they're just full of mud and gunk. The Christian life is the most rewarding thing you will ever do. Bar none. Mm -hmm. It will probably be the hardest thing you ever do, too. Especially today. Yeah. Especially today. There are so many distractions. And quite honestly... The American government is headed right straight towards outlawing Christianity. And if you don't believe me, if you think that's hogwashed and you're not paying attention, <clears throat> here's, here's what's going on. It's called the last days. It's called the end times. It's the eschatological, es eschatological moment. <laughs> <clears throat> that means the study of end times. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, it's that moment. That's where we're at. If you think being a Christian is easy, you're not much of a Christian. It is a job. It just just go out on the highway. <laughs> just go out on the highway and spend an hour driving. And tell me you're not ready to kill somebody. <laughs> because that's the way life is. Life is a struggle. Life is a bigger struggle as a Christian. Again, I go back to the fact that it's the most rewarding thing, the most amazing thing. Not to mention, you get to spend your life in eternity with Jesus. 
there's arguments, there's difficulties, there's there's struggles, there's ugly looks, there's name calling, there is out and out and out, clear, concise, and very um, obvious persecution. We have countries where the very word Christian can cause you to get your head cut off, and that's not an exaggeration. In a lot of the Islamic countries, if a person becomes a Christian, they're instantly killed. No mercy, just dead. And most of the time, that's by their own family, because that's what Islam does. Anything that does not accept Islam is an enemy of Islamic people. I love Islamic people. And I know a few of them that, that are they're amazing individuals. But true Islam kills anything that is an Islam. And I'm not, I'm not preaching against religions. I'm just saying that being a Christian will demand from you. But it's worth it. It's worth every single effort. The world has taken so much of what is impure and unacceptable just a few years ago and turned it into the standard. Mm -hmm. That's why the urgency mm -hmm. of Christianity today. Because the world is following right along with what Scripture says it will follow along with. And in that process, it will lead us up to the last day. Is, there, is the rapture coming? Yes, the rapture is coming. Is it coming before the tribulation? I don't know. See, that's the problem. You know, I was raised, you're looking for the rapture, man. It's going to happen, and because mankind won't have to put up with any Christians, won't have to put. No, that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says that we're not appointed to the wrath of God. When the rapture happens, it might not happen until a whole lot of Christians have been put in the ground here in the United States, where we're supposed to be a Christian nation and free. There's just a ton going on. I'm not going to get into those details because that wasn't my intention. Before I bring you any kind of, um, this is what's happening in the world, I'll have more names and numbers and, and stuff to back up what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. I'm just trying to encourage you that the life as a Christian is the most amazing, incredible experience you will ever have. I met a guy yesterday. So we're, Jim and I, I got to tell the story because it's cool. Jim and I are, are uh, he takes me to to uh, the Salem House of Prayer, which is just an absolutely amazing place. I was just so blown away by it. It was it was just a thrill to see what what I was. I was expecting a church, and it wasn't anything like that. It was just it was an old bar that had prostitution, all kinds of stuff in it. They converted anyway. Uh, as we're leaving, we're walking up to the street corner. This is down literally the old downtown Salem. We're walking up to the street corner and there's this guy walking to the same corner from the opposite direction. And Jim recognizes him and um, they start talking. He's got his son with him. And this guy, he, he just he just glows with Jesus. Mm. Just absolutely glowed with Jesus. And I could just tell instantly, of course, he had a t-shirt that talked about Jesus and all this kind of stuff. He was awesome. And he's, you know, Jim and him were catching up and stuff. And finally, got, Jim got around. They introduced me to him. His name was Matt. <laughs> and the guy with him was his son. Uh -huh. 
who he named after himself. Uh -huh. So there we had three mats standing on oh, the three corner talking hilarious. about it. Oh, wow. Uh, but just, you know, just that, that kind of thing just brings me so much joy to see this guy immediately. He says, starts talking about how he's been loving on people and, and street witnessing and all this kind of stuff. Oh, wow. like, you know, his son's doing the same thing. And it's just, oh, this is a beautiful thing to watch. And Jim is telling me later, you know, the, the life that that guy had, had been saved from. Just, just an amazing experience. Anyway, so if you hadn't caught it by now, I really enjoyed yesterday. Um, I just want to encourage you. We're going to go into prayer now because I'm going on for quite a while, but, uh, I just really want to encourage you. Um, if, if your life as a Christian is easy, you might not be doing it right. If it's hard, I want to encourage you, keep going. Um, supposedly, um, what was it? What was the um, prime minister during World War II for uh, England? Churchill. Churchill. Supposedly Churchill said this. Maybe it was Patton that said it. Some famous person said this. Uh, today it's me. Uh, <laughs> but they said, when you're going through hell, don't stop. When we are going through stuff as Christians, don't, don't back down. Don't back off. Cause that's the devil. That's, that's the devil right there. That's what he wants you to do. He wants you to back down. He wants you, he wants you to, to, to go to step lightly. Now, if you're doing something stupid, that doesn't apply to you. Okay. <laughs> but if you're doing something that you know God is leading to and it's biblical. Okay. It's biblical. I say that because sometimes we say, well, I heard God say this. And it's like, oh, there's nothing in Scripture to back that up. Yeah. God works according to his character in Scripture. So, But I want to encourage you, if, you're, if your days, if, if, if your life is really giving you fits because of, of kingdom things, just keep going. Just keep going. God's got this. Rely on him. Don't expect him to give you soft pillows to live in. There's a, there's a saying that's been going around for a few years now. It says, work harder, not smarter. <laughs> Sometimes that is garbage. <laughs> Quite often, one of the reasons we have problems is because we're trying to find soft ways to do things. And God's saying, no, the hard way is what turns you into the man and woman of God I need you to be. Okay, there's always wisdom, always wisdom, always use wisdom. That's one of the great things of being a Christian is God uses his wisdom to guide us. Sometimes you just got to bend your back and go to work. It's tough. I'm lazy. I'm just as lazy as they come. So I understand. But there is a reality where sometimes working harder is smarter. Okay, so today's people group is businesses. We're going to pray over businesses. And uh, I'm going to name a few in my prayer. If you're joining us, name some of your local businesses in your prayer. Ask for God's blessings over them. Um, and then uh, that'll be it. <laughs> Father, we thank you so much for your blessing. And, and for this time this morning in the word, I pray, Lord Jesus, that you will bless it and encourage people with that. Lord Jesus, that you will speak to them directly. Father, we lift up our businesses to you this morning. And as a small business owner, Lord Jesus, we are always asking for your guidance and understanding. 
and your blessings. And Father, there's just, we've become associated with a whole bunch of other small businesses in our community. And I just pray your blessings over them through points for profit, uh, which I speak just, just a total blessing over Laura Lee and uh, points for profit and Melissa and Winona and just uh, the whole Marianne, Lord Jesus. Um, which I don't know if there's a Marianne. <laughs> we just speak blessings over them. We speak it over those that are a part um, of that, over Kevin, um, over Melissa's business, over Burley, over um, K-Gal. Uh, mm -hmm. Just my brain is like totally forgetting. Grocery outlet. Grocery outlet and just just so on. Just uh, uh the, who was the doctor that we sat with? Jason. Dr. The eye Jason, doctor. the eye doctor. That list just goes on and on. Thank you, Father, for the businesses in our community. Safe, safe haven. Oh yes, especially safe haven. <laughs> You're so good to us, Lord. Thank you for the business. I pray that they will experience greater sales, greater ideals. Um greater customer base. I pray for the CEOs, the owners, the, the uh, supervisors, the employees, Lord Jesus, just supernatural presence in their business, in their place of business, Lord Jesus. Give them greater understanding of their customers, Lord Jesus. Just do amazing things. Thank you for our local businesses, Lord Jesus. Bless them today. Send your heart and your revival into their midst, Lord. And we bless them in your name. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, God bless you guys. Thank you for joining us this morning. I hope you guys got something out of it. If you have questions about anything that we talked about or just just something in the Word that you don't understand, please don't hesitate to get a hold of us. You can send a direct message to me or Nancy at one, and we will help you as best we can. And if we don't have an answer, we'll find somebody who does. Um, and I guess it's probably about it. We will be back in Mark or Joe? Mark. Mark. We'll be back in Mark tomorrow morning. So we invite you to join us again. That is 9 a.m. West Coast time. Same bat channel, same video. Yeah. Henry's is going, what bat channel? People are like, what is he talking about? <laughs> well, Let's maybe see. they have Batman and Robin yeah. in, in Africa. I mean, you know. They probably have a better version than we do. <laughs> All right, love you guys. See you tomorrow. Bye, everybody.